episode is this? Uh, 63? I, I lose count. It's 63. There we go. 63. Welcome to episode 63. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't believe we're already at 63. It's taken us like four years. Yeah, and we're on a consistent schedule, so yes. it should be, hopefully we can reach this by the end of the year, or 100 at least, the big number. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you to everyone listening. There's really nothing to talk about. Um, there's... Literally nothing has happened. There was last night. There was a live stream of what was it? It was Jose Bautista, Ryan Goins, Dale yeah. Scott, a bunch of people who are involved in Game Five of the ALDS in 2015, who like came back and watched it with um, with Hazel May, with Shai Davidi, with Arash Madani. That was pretty interesting to watch. Definitely. Um, just looking back, I, I I tuned in for some of the live stream. Just looking back on. Um... Pretty much what anything throughout that game, what, how Bautista was des, uh, describing everything, uh, just again a surreal moment in Blue Jays history, um, especially the bat flip, and of course everything leading up to that bat flip, that crazy seventh inning that we all know, um, with pretty much Aaron Sanchez pitching and the ball going off the bat, and you know at, at that point we, I'm pretty sure all of us thought you know it was over, yeah, and then that cr- that crazy seventh inning, which uh, let alone took about an hour itself. Um, completely turned around with a you know a few clutch base hits. Um, Donaldson got involved, and then the bases were loaded at one point. And then uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the inning, uh, Bautista squared up uh, with the go ahead home run, and it was just crazy. The atmosphere going around. Even Harold Reynolds, as much as people can call him annoying, and uh, he could be annoying at times, <laughs> um, he was asked to describe the atmosphere once again because he kept mentioning it on the broadcast of how crazy Roger Center got, maybe a little too crazy. With, we know the story after the Bautista home run with all the beer cans or beer, uh, the beer bottles, the plastic cups being thrown on the field. But uh, it was crazy atmosphere at the Sky Dome, and um, yeah, and, and pretty much that was the kickstart of the Blue Jays uh, Rangers rivalry, or at least that series pretty much started it. As we know, it carried into the next season. Um, but yeah, crazy to um, rel- relive that moment live, especially with Bautista uh, pretty much there with us on a live stream. Even made it even more. Uh, perfect and you know just crazy to think that that was almost five years ago now or f- over four years ago uh, to this day mm-hmm. yeah I agree I think honestly the craziest part about it is that moment of the bat flip five years later it still gives me like chills and, and not even just the chills where it's like it, it's kind of like an interesting moment it's still like full body it's like you're sitting there stunned that wow that actually happened and just to relive that when, especially in a time where we have like zero sports to watch, it, it's it's crazy. It's it was definitely it made for a, a great night actually. Yeah, every time I rewatch it, I I think I've rewatched the seventh inning itself probably like five or ten times, but <laughs> the full game probably only once or twice. But every time I rewatch it, I just get all the memories and all the emotions back again, and it's kind of nice to just relive it, even if it. Like, in the moment, watching it, I really enjoy it. But then after, it makes me really sad because I'm missing baseball. Like, last night, I just couldn't stop thinking about baseball once it stopped. And I, 
it, I was really bummed that there was no baseball to watch. Um, although I have been watching um, the CPBL, the Chinese Professional Baseball League. They've been streaming their games on Twitter um, with English commentators. And the games, normally they start at like 5 or 6 a.m. our time, but they normally go longer than our game, so normally like four hours. So I catch like the last hour of the game. So that's been fun to watch some live baseball. And it's been entertaining to hear the broadcasters and, and see what baseball around the world looks like. But um, Sportsnet stole our idea. We were going <laughs> to uh, watch the, uh, the seventh inning together and kind of like – go through it with all our memories and stuff. And then, and that was our plan for today. And then they stole it. So here we are. Yeah. The night before too, but, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll figure it out for next week. We, we might watch a different uh, playoff game, but, uh, before uh, you continue with that, Mark, I just wanted to mention, uh, you mentioned, um, the baseball resuming and, um, baseball resuming overseas. And I saw a highlight uh, a few days ago of a walk-off home run with zero fans in the stadium, I'm sure you've seen it too. Um, just bizarre, bizarre. And the the thing that's even more bizarre is that they have like almost like mannequins in the yeah, stands. They're, yeah. they're fake people, but they look like robots almost. And it was just <laughs> they sh- they flashed the cameras um, to like the mannequins after the home run, and they're just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> but at the other at the, at the same time, it's just a walk off home run with no fans, pretty much no atmosphere. It's just it's really, really weird. And, um, it's something that obviously takes away from the game, but under the circumstances, uh, it's, I guess players and fans and pretty much everybody watching the sport or any sports are going to have to get used to that for the time being, but really interesting. I don't know if you caught that Jacob or what are your thoughts on that? I actually did not see it, but when you were just talking about it, I was thinking about what it would look like. And I have seen videos in the past of the, the Chinese baseball leagues and it's just it's a weird thing, not having anybody besides your teammates to celebrate any type of win. Just I think once sports do does resume, that will probably be the norm for a little while. And I just, as much as I don't want it to happen, because I just think it will be a little weird, it probably is the best option. And just, it's hard to think about, you know, we, especially watching Toronto sports, knowing how crazy the fans can be. To have literally none of that would be kind of it, – it'll be definitely interesting. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. There was um, in today's game one of the players on the um, – I think it was the Guardians that were playing. It was a uh, – I can't pronounce the name. So the Monkeys and the Guardians were playing each other. And a player on the Guardians hit his 1,000th career hit in the game. And he got to first and, you know, they threw the baseball back to the dugout and whatever. And then he was kind of standing there and he was like, uh, took off his hat and was like waving to everyone and fans. Of course, there was no one there. So, and it was just shots of mannequins again. So yeah, it was, it was kind of funny, but it was also kind of like sad. Like there was no significance to the moment, a big moment in his career, 1000 hits. Um, and it was just like, yeah, some mannequins in the field. So it's certainly weird. We did, Jacob, you, I think it was, it was either Jacob or Brayson, I don't know. One of you guys brought up in our group chat the, um, whether the 2015 or the 2016 team is better. And you guys were disagreeing about it. I said save it for the podcast, but here we are. All right. Do you guys still disagree or did you settle? Well, I'm, I still believe what I said. Uh, it's up to Jacob to see if he still disagrees or not. 
pretty much <laughs> the only thing I was saying, or you know, just to just to recap, the 2015 team alone from stats, Jacob, alone from stats, um, the stats from these players, they they had better. Most of them had better seasons in 2015. The only one I can argue with would be Aaron Sanchez, who obviously led the AL and ERA in 2016. But other than that, um, the team was just flat out better. The team almost won 100 games. They won. They went 93 and 69 or something like that. They won the AL East, and just the hype around this team in 2015 was crazy. It, it was a lot more exciting, in my opinion, than 2016. I'm not taking anything away from 2016, but if I had to go back to and look at that team compared to 2016, uh, they're both obviously really, really great teams. Both had good playoff runs, or pretty much the same playoff run as the each other, other than uh, the 2016 team played in the wild card game. But if I had to go back to those two years, um, in my mind, there is no doubt that the 2015 team, that was their chance to win. Um, we know the story in Kansas City in game six, runner a runner on third, Dalton Pompey with no outs, couldn't couldn't get him home to tie the game. But I believe that was the year to win. Uh, I think if they beat Kansas City, I think they had a legitimate shot of going to the World Series. And uh, I think it was the Mets who went to the World Series that year. And in 2016, uh, mm-hmm. we know the nightmares that Andrew Miller gave us coming out of the bullpen for Cleveland pretty much every game. Uh, I was there to witness the last game of the year in Toronto, and Andrew Miller came out. Uh, I immediately I immediately knew the game was over. Uh, he struck out so many batters in that whole series. He lived in the Jays' head. But at, in general, I just think that 2015 team had so much more buzz and so much more skill. Not to get anything away from 2016, but you know, even players like Donaldson, that was the MVP Donaldson. Bautista played a full year. Uh, Edwin had better numbers in 2015. There was David Price. I'm not going to mention postseason David Price, but in general, based on, off of paper and regular season performance, uh, David Price in 2015 was lethal. And uh, yeah, the bullpen was good. And that's pretty much all I have to say. The only thing missing from that team was Marcus Stroman, who came back late at the end of the year. Obviously, he tore his ACL in spring training, but when he came back, uh, he obviously didn't start a lot, but he did start a few games, including a few, a few playoff games. And of course, Marco Estrada, who statistically is one of the best Blue Jays pitchers of all time in the postseason. So that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I'll let you take the floor, Jacob. See, uh, when we were arguing about this, I originally thought the 2016 team was better just because I did feel as if going into that season, there was more of a, uh, what's the word? There was more of a uh, understanding of where the Blue Jays were going to go in terms of playoffs and their standings. Uh, I think... Going into that year, they knew that Estrada was going to be a starter, where he started in the bullpen back in 2015. Uh, they knew Osuna was going to be their starter. They knew they had their infield. Like they, they just knew pretty much where everyone was going to fit. However, I will say, after looking at stats, um, you proved me wrong, because uh, team totals in 2015, their, where was it? their average was 269. However, it was lower to 248, which I know full team is different from individual stats, but I think just overall that you probably proved me right. Uh, I will, I will, I will take the what's the word? I will admit that my defeat in this one. Okay. I, I do think that the 2015 team was a little bit better. Well, you know what? It was actually fun, kind of debating a little bit. We don't debate often on this podcast, Mark. You know that as well. And Mark, you were the one that pretty much said nothing about this. So let's let's hear what you have to say because you at the end of the day you probably can have a different opinion, completely different opinion than I, and I'd love to hear it. The twenty 
15 Blue Jays were 100% better. They, just looking at the stats right here, they scored 891 runs and gave up 670 compared to the 2016 Blue Jays who scored 759 and gave up 666. Um, so the 2015 Blue Jays were better in terms of that, in terms of their Pythagorean win-loss record, which is something compiled by baseball reference in it. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it's kind of a way of just using the runs allowed and runs scored um, to compute what a team's record should be. And the 2015 Pythagorean theorem uh, win-loss record is 10260 for the 2015 team, and then 9171 for the 2016 team. So just looking at that, there's no doubt in my mind that the 2015 team was better. And even, like, the Cleveland team, in regardless of whether the 2015 or 2016 Blue Jay team were better, the teams that the Blue Jays faced in the postseason were better in 2016. But the Kansas City Royals, you don't look back on that team and think, man, ragtag group of guys who somehow managed to put themselves together and went and they were only really good for a few years and then they kind of died off as we're seeing now so it, mm-hmm. Arash Mandani was talking about this in the stream yesterday that if you see the Kansas City Royals they maybe win six or seven out of the ten yeah. it's just so in the World Series so and there was a real realization in Toronto when 2015 to win it all so yeah 100% 2015 100% a better team since 1993 for the Blue Jays for sure um, and of course they didn't win the world series, but one of the best teams in blue Jay history, um, and very exciting to watch. And hopefully we get there again soon. Yeah. That's again, pretty much what you just mentioned about the, the caliber of the teams that compared to the 2015 to 2016 postseason. uh, that just furthers my belief that that was the team that was the year to win. Uh, and of course, you know, the Kansas city Royals, um, much like the Blue Jays have fallen off since, except they're probably in a, uh, the Jays are definitely in a better spot than they are. But I guess the only thing that you can completely, completely um, have no doubt about was just beating Texas two years in a row, which was completely awesome. Uh, you know, Rangers fans to this day still are bugging Blue Jays fans are still bragging about that. Uh, Rugnet Odor punched Jose Bautista in the face, but really when it came to AL, uh, the game five of the ALDS, Jose Bautista punched them in the face and the Jays punched them in the face the year after in the playoffs. So that was definitely the my favorite moments, uh, just because they obviously didn't win. So if I had to take something away from that, it was that. And of course, those incredible two years, regardless of which team was better or not, uh, both year, or both teams had amazing moments. And of course, the wild card game, I've mentioned it before, um, I was in attendance for the wild card game. We were standing the whole game, along with 50,000 50, other people. I know it's weird to say now because of the current circumstances, but a packed stadium, uh, we were staying the whole game. Zach Britton was never used. I thought he was injured, and Edwin ended the game. So lots of great moments from both years, um, and it's something that hopefully we can get back in a few years, and it, you know, at all signs point, we're moving in the right direction. Hopefully when it comes back, um, there's more than two years of it. Hopefully there's about, you know, I would say at least five. You know, hopefully you have more consecutive years of competitive baseball. You know what I think is actually the funniest part about the whole situation is that in 2015, when Donaldson tied the game in the seventh inning, Odor was the one that wasn't able to get the ball in <laughs> his, his blue fly. And then Odor's the one that punched Bautista after the, well, the year after the bat flip. And then in 20, the, 
2016 ALDS, Odor was actually the one that was responsible for the error that caused Donaldson to score. So I think maybe Odor is just uh, the bad luck charm for them. Yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, just because they're two different teams now, there's still always going to be that that hatred for Rugnet Odor. Uh, but, you know, we've moved on, and I'm sure they've moved on, and uh, yeah, but... Have we, the, though? <laughs> have we that's, moved that's on? That's true. <laughs> I mean, in terms of teams, but yeah, nobody likes him, so it's fine. But he's, you know, he's regressing himself. Um, he's not as productive as he used to be, so who knows how many years he has left in the league, but... Um, I sure miss Jose Bautista, no matter how good or bad he was near the end of it. And uh, he also spoke a little bit about uh, his, you know, his recent, the, the videos re- uh, circulating of him pitching and if he would come back as a two-dimensional player. And he, of course, he said on the live stream that he would. And of course, he still wants to uh, play in the outfield is something that uh, he made sure that was clear to everybody that he still wants to play. And of course, he said before this uh, was going on with uh, COVID-19, his original goal was to play for the Dominican team and play in the uh, Tokyo Olympics. So that would have been something that would have been really cool. And uh, I guess there's still a chance he can come back as a, a pitcher, but he, he did say he has no plans right now, but he hasn't retired. He's still in shape. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if he gets another shot in the future. Mm-hmm. And what I like just watching Jose Bautista talk something, I, I don't know if I just forgot this or never really realized this. He's, I don't know if he's just well-spoken or if he's really smart, but something about him is just so great to hear him talk. Like He was talking about um, facing Sam Dyson on the mound for his, of course, his seventh-inning home run and how he knew he was a sinker pitcher and he knew what he was looking for and he knew in his like two or three previous at-bats against Sam Dyson he had kind of let the ball get too deep in the zone, so this time he was looking to you know, get out in front of it and make sure that he talked about how the ball felt against a bat and like hitting against Sam Dyson. It usually felt like you were hitting like a, a metal ball and he wanted it to feel like I asked him a question about clutch hitting and, and what he thinks. Cause a lot of that he or clutch hitting doesn't really exist. And Jose Bautista was like, well, I haven't read the study and I don't know what they're saying. So he was really, I don't know. He's just, he was like a really smart guy. And I don't know if I forgot that, but he's, Man, I miss him. Yeah, he definitely. Well, he was always he's always been a well spoken character. Uh, the only thing that can probably give him a little bit of slack for would be, of course, twenty sixteen spring training when he opened up pitchers and catchers reports saying he wanted one hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, definitely not a smooth way to start the season, and I'm sure fans kind of got a little nervous at the beginning. And of course, at the time, it was before the injury plague season for him that year and his downfall from there. But you know, heading into that moment, he was. You know the clutch player on the team, along with Donaldson and Encarnacion, that one-two-three punch in the uh, the batting order, and uh, yeah, other than that, uh, nothing but respect for Jose Bautista, of course, and what he did for the organization even before the team was good. He was that one player that you always wanted to see uh, pitch, and I'm talking even way before 2012 when they were still the Black Jays. Uh, I just remember him making highlight reel plays, uh, consistently hitting home runs, and he was definitely that that one figure that always was you know people always wanted to watch but other than that moment in spring training uh, I think everything went well for Jose Bautista here and of course um, you know you wish nothing but the best and I guess you hope you see him again one day uh, no matter if it's on the mound or if if he's playing in the outfield like uh, he's most comfortable with and what he enjoys most but uh, yeah I've seen this question going around a lot 
um, on Twitter, one very specific thing. Like for me, I think it's like when someone hits a home run, a moment where, you know, you jump out of your seat and at least for me, I'm like super excited and watching the ball, but I'm not sure if it's going to go out. So you kind of have that moment of like doubt in your mind, whether it's actually going out, but at the same time, massive excitement of it going out and then it goes out and it's just sort of a relief and you celebrate with the people around you in the stands. That is something that I miss a lot about baseball. So like along those lines, what is something else that you miss about baseball? Something very specific about the game. The one specific thing for me is when the baseball hits the catcher's mitt. I love that sound. Uh, when it's a 95 mile per hour fastball, that's the one thing, the one very specific thing I miss. Uh, and it's, I guess it's very basic to say you just miss the sport in general. I just, and I also miss, um, you know, just going to games, uh, during batting practice and seeing, you know, the, the sprinkler on the infield or people just getting the infield ready, the grounds crew, it just, it, it gets me excited for the game for some reason. It always has. So I guess those are two specific things I miss. See, I think for me, the, the biggest thing that I miss, and I think it's about, I miss it in, uh, about uh, within sports in general. Uh, it's probably the rush of adrenaline that I just feel throughout an entire game. And because for me, sports is like the one thing that I know I can always, uh, you know, have to do in my day with the everything being canceled. I, you know, I just play video games. I don't really do much, but, um, Anytime I watch baseball, it's kind of like a religion, honestly, where I, you know, if the, game, if the game's at 7, I have dinner, I get my homework done, like I get everything done by 7 o'clock so I can watch, and it's just, it's crazy. Even without the playoffs, you know, I still watch every game. I, I sit there, I try to predict what the pitcher's going to throw, what's going to happen, and it's just Well, why, why, why predict just, if you can just be the Houston Astros and watch and steal signals? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 fun because I just sit there and it's almost it's like a little happy place almost where you just sit and enjoy what's happening. Obviously, not every game is a win, so sometimes I go to bed very angry. But it's just it's just like the ups and downs of a season are what I think I miss the most. Just having those amazing things to be excited for, and sometimes go to bed pretending I'm the manager trying to figure out what he should do for the next game uh but it's yeah it's definitely been weird without it <laughs> i i think another thing that i miss is jumping on what you were saying is just like after not even just baseball but just sports in general like after i'll bring up this example i uh in ottawa this year was the u sports final eight championship for men's basketball and i had the opportunity to go there and cover it and cover the Carlton Ravens winning the championship and just kind of the adrenaline of watching that game and being courtside and watching it and talking to the players, talking to the coach, and then coming back and writing your story and sending it in and just kind of the satisfaction of watching that event in person and the adrenaline and then, you know, coming back home and like you said, going to bed and just being at least for me in some of these situations, even after just watching a really tense game of the Blue Jays, just kind of like being exhausted, but so just like satisfied with baseball. That's, that is something that I really miss a lot. Um, just the feeling of supporting a team and being able to be happy knowing that, you know, like even if the, even if the, the team you want to win loses, like 
it's just there, there's something indescribable about the the relationship between fans and the team that is so satisfying and brings people so much joy and certainly missing it right now mm-hmm. and usually um from what jacob said how there's ups and downs uh towards the season um you know i just usually there's 162 games and it's obviously different from other sports you know they're on every single night which is um, you know, I would say if you're a baseball player and, you know, you're not happy with, I don't know, if you're not happy with the game you played or if you're a manager making a bad decision or a pitcher struggling, you know, the, the best part is you get to go out there the next day and uh, redeem yourself almost. And it's pretty cool to see the ups and downs, uh, like you said, Jacob, to add on your point, just because it's on every single day compared to the other sports. And I just think, you know, right now there's supposed to be playoffs with hockey and basketball. And of course, baseball is going to be moving into May soon. I just think, you know, right now, I, I just, I think baseball, in my opinion, uh, from being fans of other sports as well, I just think I miss the baseball the most right now just because of those things. It's just something that, you know, it's on every night regardless, um, regardless of other stuff that's going on. It's almost on every night. And I just, it's also a good way to escape from, um, from life for a little bit and just to sit down and watch the game. And that's pretty much what we're missing right now is that sort of escape or that sense of escape right now. Uh, unfortunately, sports isn't. Uh, there for that right now and I hope once it comes back no matter what version we see of it hopefully we can go back to that uh, that part of it being an escape from what's going on especially with the current circumstances and I think it'll be a really cool opportunity for the sport um, if it comes back and I'm sure we're all hoping it does so see one thing that I've actually found interesting since all these sports have been put on hold is that I really don't uh, have much to talk about with other people because usually if I come into contact with, like, my neighbors or my relatives or just anybody, any of my friends, usually one of the first things we'll mention or any of us, did you see that game last night or did you see uh, that home run or they'll mention some type of sporting event and then we'll just talk about that. But now it's, it's just kind of weird because it's just like, hey, how's it going? And then it's like... Stay safe, okay, yeah. yeah. It's like, what, what do we really talk about? And just... It's interesting to see how much of our lives are really taken up by these uh, sporting events because they really are. Aside from like the actual sport, I feel like they are very much of a social thing because th- that brings people together. And a lot of bars and restaurants are able to stay open because people watch them. And now it's like, what do they do? It's just it, it's it's definitely weird. I do want it back because it's it's hard to have people that you're like genuinely close to but then you can't really talk to them about much because the biggest thing you have in common is kind of not happening right now. It's tough, but we'll get through it. And hopefully, I mean, some projections show that we're getting to the other side of the curve. So Yeah, the one thing I want to ask you guys uh, just quickly is um, we know it's going to be back without fans every sport regardless whenever it comes back. Um, you know, as much as uh, Donald Trump has been a... Uh, funny figure during this pretty much being more concerned about the ratings of his press conferences than the actual state of the of the country for his sake. Uh, he mentioned sports uh, yesterday or a few days ago, and he pretty much said uh, what the, the plan is for the empty stadiums. And then eventually you try and bring some people back into a stadium, uh, whether if you're separated by two seats or for social dis- distancing, and eventually uh, you have a full stadium once again, and it's, it's hard for me imagining a full stadium right now in for the rest of the year, hopefully 2021. But the one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, if you had the chance 
Uh, let's say stadiums are open and they're partially filling it, so you're separated by two seats apart uh, for social distancing. Would you guys go or would you guys wait to go back to a sporting event or any public event until there's a vaccine? What would you guys do? It's kind of a question I was hoping to get your opinion of, and I'd like to share mine after. Yeah, that's a tough question because I think um, most scientists anticipate a vaccine not being readily available for, I think it's 18 months is the number. So if you're doing this without a vaccine and there's baseball and you can actually attend, it's a difficult question of whether, like, am I just going to not go to a baseball game for 18 months? It sounds like something trivial, like, duh, yeah, like, don't put your life in danger and don't put other people's lives in danger. But I think on a more visceral and realistic level, like, as humans, we don't totally acknowledge all the risks of doing something. And even though it might sound stupid to want to go to a baseball game, like, yeah, I want to go to a baseball game. Yeah, I think I would make personal sacrifices to be able to go to a baseball game, even if there is no vaccine. Um, but that might just be me. I don't know about you guys. See, honestly, I don't think I would just because of the mentality that we got this far and looks like hopefully where the social distancing is working and hopefully the cases are starting to go down. I don't uh, think that going to a game would probably be the best thing. If other people go, then I, I mean, what I just, what I'm about to say probably won't make any sense or that makes sense, but it won't matter because if other people go, then the virus will still spread. But me personally, I don't think I would just cause I, I think I actually, according to my mom, according to my mom, I am at a higher risk for getting, like, having the virus be more serious on me, so I kind of think I wouldn't go. Uh, I would still definitely watch every game, but I don't think that going would probably be the best idea for me, and I feel like since I'm not 18, I can't leave my house yet, I would probably be murdered by my mom if she knew how to put myself in those uh, situations. Because, uh, like, she, she won't even let me leave my house, really, so I doubt she would let me go. But yeah. Like, Is that why you can't fix your computer? <laughs> Jacob, did you hear that? No, I didn't. Oh, is that why you can't fix your computer? <laughs> yes, actually. Because you're not allowed to go outside. <laughs> the, the guy I usually go to, my mom won't let me go see <laughs> <laughs> Is he even open? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Um, Definitely from what you said, Mark, it's definitely would be, it would definitely be tempting. And you have to imagine if they were to ever allow partially filled stadiums, eventually, if we move to that point, you know, they'd be definitely very confident that the curves flattened. And of course, the, the biggest risk would be the, uh, a second wave. And that's what people are afraid of. And that's why people don't want to lift restrictions early. But, you know, I just think until we get fans back in the stadiums, there has to be a pretty, pretty big certainty that this virus is kind of on the downside and it's no longer a pandemic, obviously still would be considered serious. And that's why I would probably be tempted to go because um, health officials wouldn't put us at risk like that. And if they, if health officials are giving kind of an all clear for to start p partially filling stadiums, I, I don't see why, um, you know, it's easy for us to say now, no, 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 you're not going to go. Um, and if you say that you would, you know, you probably get a lot of backlash for it, but you know, where if you where you are in, I don't know, if we're in April, I would I would say what six or seven months. If there's no progress, obviously there wouldn't be any clear clearance from health officials. But if there's eventually a clearance, um, 
that means they're pretty confident in this. And I think I would probably take the chance and go just just because it's tempting, obviously. And second of all, you know, once you leave your house too, you have to, you know, pretty much for the immediate future for all of our lives, we're going to have this in the back of our mind to be, you know, be careful what you touch in public, uh, probably bring in hand sanitizer with you still. So I think I'd be very cautious with myself. And if I'm, if I'm confident in myself, like I've been so far, it's kind of what you think personally of, of your chances of it. Uh, I think, you know, there's no reason why you can't go. And I think if you're separated by people from one or two or even three seats, I don't see what the big deal is. Um, you're obviously not touching each other at sporting events. The closest thing you get would be, you know, usually high-fiving other people or, you know, kind of crammed in one seat beside somebody. But if you're separated by a few seats, uh, in my opinion, the risk um, of exposure is very, very small. And of course, once again, there won't be any clearance until there's uh, more confidence from health officials. And um, that's why I think, you know, again, it's probably, it's not, it's not a crazy idea to think why you wouldn't want to go. So hopefully... We get to that point one day and, you know, normalcy and society is going to take a very long time for us. But I think, um, you know, we need to, you know, part of the process of getting back to that normal life is, you know, these things slowly, slowly coming back into place. And one example would be, you know, uh, sporting events or other public events, restaurants, movie theaters. So it'll be interesting to see the strategy once uh, we get to that point. Yeah, that is true. If we're even allowed to go to games in person, it would be because it would be deemed safe by medical officials. So then, yeah, I think I would, I would go like <laughs> I would drive and sacrifice myself to see a baseball game. <laughs> but like, yeah, like you said, it's easy to sit in this situation and go, nah, I wouldn't go to this baseball game. But once you're actually in this situation and there is baseball being played in person and health officials saying yeah it's a risk but you can go or whatever like i wouldn't say no mind off of it yeah Mm -hmm. like it's it's completely different to to just say and and simply declare that you wouldn't go instead of actually being in that situation and not going um but yeah if, if health officials say it's safe to go and safe to have fans then i would go okay anything else uh, anything else, Jacob? You want to think again, or? <laughs> I was just, I think, where was it? I was on the score, and it was showing me something. <laughs> okay. Twenty seconds. <laughs> come on, Jacob. Come on. Come on. <laughs> We're timing okay, it. Let's see. It's, it's gone. All right. Report, oh, but it was like it might have been. Oh, okay. Yeah, then I think that might be it then. <laughs> I just have to say, I really enjoy doing this podcast. It's a lot of fun to, even though there's no baseball going on, to just talk about baseball. And obviously we're on our 63rd episode now, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. The one thing I've been impressed with us is, um, you know, we've managed to make a decently large podcast. We're at 37 minutes now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, we're doing the best we can here. And, uh, you know, it's 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 very difficult from what's going on, which is nothing in the sporting world other than neutral sites. When are they coming back? Rumors, rumors, rumors. And you can only talk about that for so much, but we are doing the best we can. And I think, um, you know, I think we're, I think we're, uh, we're doing really well and I hope we can continue this. And I hope once sports comes back, you know, we're just going to be rejuvenated and we're going to be, you know, pretty much wanting to talk about any little detail in the sporting world, uh, for baseball. So hopefully, 
we get to that point sooner rather than later. But until then, we're we're managing here, and um, you know, it's it's definitely a, a great you know once a week we do this. It's definitely a great hour of my time personally to take my mind off of things and uh, just talk about baseball. Uh, and it's you know it's it's a pleasure talking with you guys. So yeah, I've I've loved doing it. It's only an hour for you, but I have to edit out all of Jacob's mistakes. <laughs> he's still talking, Mark. I don't oh, know what he's talking whoops. about. <laughs> Is he talking about the score? What are you talking about, Jacob? Me? Yeah. Because <laughs> you and Mark started talking. You, yeah, you and Mark started talking. What he said was, you know, it's an hour of our time, but he's the one that has to edit out all your mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> like remember when the fire alarm went off when we were recording jacob <laughs> that is still like my favorite moment ever on this podcast you gotta find that when your when your fire alarm just went off in the middle of the podcast i think that was back in like 2017 or something that was- it was it was one of our first episodes like i don't even know like we had our episodes on SoundCloud before we moved That's right. to the WordPress yes. that it's on now. So like it's the like the podcast that was in was on SoundCloud and then like obviously I edited that part out. So the actual audio of it is on my old computer somewhere. We need I have to, to find, find it. it. <laughs> I'll put it I'll tell you what, if I find this audio, I will put it into the podcast here. <laughs> and if you don't hear the audio then I didn't find it, so. Do you think that Russell Martin is a key player that the Blue Jays should re-sign uh, when he becomes a free agent following the 2020 season? Whose <laughs> <laughs> smoke alarm was that? <laughs> Mine. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> what, what kind of sound, right? Yeah, uh, I'll cut, yeah, I'll yeah, cut this, this out. out. <laughs> Just a... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Once it stops, <laughs> once it stops, just say your question again. Yeah. Jeez, Mark, are you sure you can cut all this out? Yeah, yeah, I can. Oh, I can. God. Uh, as long as okay, there's like, go. As, okay. as, long as, <laughs> as long as there's a clean transition between like. Uh, the section where we're not actually recording, the section where we are, I can so cut it out fine. What I'll do okay. is I'll count, like, down 3, 2, 1 in my head, and then I'll uh, well, quiet, it, right? and then, yeah. Well, oh, okay. God, so between me having a brain fart and my fire alarm <laughs> going <laughs> off. <laughs> Jacob, uh, two yeah. L's here. <laughs> yeah. Right, well. I feel like the Cleveland Indians. Okay. When is right, it so going to stop? Up my, uh... <laughs> okay. It's... Hey guys, so I'm recording this after the podcast and I just want to give you a little bit of a backstory before we get back to the podcast of how I found that audio. So I mentioned I have an old computer and all the Section 138 files from like the first months of the podcast probably after are on that computer. So it took me about an hour and I went back to the computer to the Section 138 archives deep in the archives um, to March 23rd, 2017, which was before... Our first episode, I believe, which was actually on March 31st, 2017, was our first episode. We called that the pilot, but before that, we kind of had a roundtable discussion plus another kind of trial episode, and the smoke alarm was on that. Anyways, it took me a while to find it, but it's really funny. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Okay, back to the real podcast. Man. Okay, 
Well, thank you to everyone for listening, and um, thank you to Jacob and Bryson, <laughs> despite our lack of topics and our teasing of Jacob uh, for joining us. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please uh, leave a rating on iTunes or tell a friend about us. And if you have any ideas for what we should talk about for the weeks and months to come, please... Or any games to rewatch. Yes, recommend games for us to watch, and we will. Uh, and, I don't know, we'll find out something to do. Um, we'll, we'll be Is here next car week. Horn, Jacob? Did you hear that? What what happened? (laughs) Car horns started going off in the background. (laughs) I did not hear that. Well, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week.